1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile
0: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: This is SENZ. It's Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast Rugby World Cup 2023. Joining us out of France, uh, just ahead of the game between the French and Uruguay, is a legendary caller out of the UK, Miles Harrison. G'day, Miles. How are you?
0: Well, really looking forward to this one. The whole city is buzzing. I mean, France on the road. It's just a fantastic new aspect to this World Cup. You know what the atmosphere was like in Paris on Friday night. And you know, going on the road just takes it on to maybe not another level, but certainly gives it a different perspective. And the French supporters, well, they are so looking forward to the atmosphere in the sunshine this afternoon, as I say, in the town was, was really top draw.
1: Has the confidence carried on throughout the week after that uh, pretty convincing, convincing win uh, over the All Blacks, Miles?
0: Yeah, I think it has. I think it needed that first win to get everybody uh, up and running mm. in view of what happened here in 2007, and they imploded on their opening night and never really recovered from that. I know they beat you guys in in Cardiff in the quarter final, but that was very much an outlier to their form and performances in that world cup and they lost of course as we all remember in the semi-final to an england side that was at that point struggling to be at that stage so it feels very different here obviously the build-up for the last two or so years everything has been moving towards this france guinea grand slam and being in the the right position going into the competition. But I do think they needed that win. Uh, Probably wouldn't have affected their overall qualification out of the pool, but it's given the whole thing, the impetus and the momentum that the nation wanted it to have. And you put on the TV, you put on the radio, it's all talk about the World Cup. They have gone World Cup mad here.
1: From a tournament perspective, it would have done it absolute wonders because we just had our FIFA Women's World Cup down here and uh, New Zealand won the first competition, uh, first match, and then uh, everyone really rallied behind. So I'm sure it's the same over there in the north from Uruguay's uh, you know, end, and this is their first appearance at the World Cup. They've played France twice in 1985, they lost convincingly. They, what kind of chance are you giving them, Miles? Yeah, well, those
0: previous meetings, and we're told these days they don't count. There were no caps awarded. So this is the first time they've met at a World mm-hmm. Cup, these two, and first time they've met in a full capped international from both sides' point of view. But Uruguay know that they are not going to win tonight. Mm. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important how they turn up, not just for themselves, uh, but also uh, the nation watching back home. Uh, we understand the you know, head of states are... You know, in the area, and definitely want to show their fan for fanship for rugby and, and what it means to the nation. So this is this is a lot of pressure on on the Uruguay team. It really is it, in that respect. I mean, they fought hard to be on this stage. It's not going to be their cup final. Their cup final is going to be later on when they play the likes of uh, Namibia, certainly, who they had a dress rehearsal with before the World Cup and beat them. Uh, so they'll be expecting and hoping to win that. But they'll be targeting Italy. And I know Italy are in a much better place these days. But that's where Uruguay will be really looking to push it, like they did against Fiji four years ago, and that, that heroic win. And I think that mention of four years ago is quite important to them as well because they they don't want this to be a damn squib four years on. They want to show that everything is moving in the right direction. And for the first time ever in the history of Uruguay and Uruguay, Rugby, we have a World Cup squad who are all paid to play the game. It's a professional roster now back home. And oh, we'll be looking to see that feed through as well in their organisation and their performance. So, yeah, a lot to look out for. They're not going to win the match, but mm. it'll be interesting to see how it goes.
1: Talking about uh, turning up, Miles, you've got the Pacific Nations that have um, brought up a, a, a few decent teams. What, what's impressed you about the tournament so far?
0: Uh, so much has impressed me. If I start the organisation... Uh, we expected it would be run brilliantly by the French, and it is being run brilliantly, I can assure you of that. Uh, not been that impressed with the uh, anthems. I don't think any of us have really taken to that. But we're going to see a change this weekend on that front. They very uh, commendably uh, are reacting to public, overwhelming public opinion on that. Uh, and it was quite a tricky one to deal with, obviously, because the... the, the, the young person's choir that was involved in the formation of the anthem that's a major moment for them so it has to be handled sensitively and i think it has uh they are still going to be part of the recording but there's going to be much more of an instrumental that's going to be beefed up and boosted and i think that's what the crowd wants so they can respond to it but that's a little sideline i think that's probably been one of the very few negatives it's all been pretty well positive i think it needed the game that we had in bordeaux on Sunday evening here. I think it needed that really tight tussle that Wales and Fiji gave us and a a thrilling finish. And you felt as well as the weekend had gone on so many fronts, that was the takeoff moment. That's when the tournament really announced itself. And we're looking for more of the same over the next four days.
2: Miles, uh, a bit closer to home for you. Uh, I I think ordinary would have been a compliment to how Steve Borthwick's team was tracking before the tournament. uh, Were you surprised by the performance against the Pumas?
0: Uh, yeah, but I think being a bit kind there with It really was a terrible, <laughs> terrible uh, preparation for it. And you can look at that two ways. One in the way we've just looked at it, because you wouldn't be able to reach any other conclusion. The England camp were not reaching any other conclusion. They had some honesty sessions by all accounts and were saying some pretty straight talking things as they had to. But the other aspect of that is what happens prior to a World Cup, really doesn't matter a row of beans when you start at the World Cup in many respects. They're the results that matter. And England have certainly moved on with that performance against Argentina. Now, two aspects of that to sort of factor in as well. Not just the England dogged spirit at times. Heroic effort down to 14 players for so long in that match. Uh, that is some achievement. I don't want to take anything away from that. But in the assessment of that game, you have to also factor in quite appalling response to the situation from argentina as if they froze when they were the player mm-hmm. up it's if they couldn't cope with the expectation uh, and their decision making and their play from there on in really did open the door for england showed them the way It was pretty obvious what plan england had to take from there but you know argentina made it so much easier for england and i thought from an argentina point of view considering where they had been in the run up to this and we're talking very positively about them that was a uh, An extremely disappointing night, to say the least. So, yeah, all of that surrounding that England game. But from an English point of view, yeah, it had to be a step in the right direction because I don't think they could afford to step backwards considering where they were going into the competition.
1: All matters at the end of the day. I found the right end of the scoreboard, Miles. So you take that in full of confidence, heading for um, drop kicks, win your World Cups. That's what happened in twenty fifteen when DC Dan Carter got up and did it for our very own the All Blacks. A headline in New Zealand, Miles, is Rugby World Cup twenty twenty three. The game is red carding itself. Officiating is a hot topic at the moment.
0: Yeah, it is, and I sort of knew we'd have any conversation at the moment about the world cup involves this and uh <laughs> where do you start on it really i'll i'll give you my current take on it at the moment uh and where i'm at with it uh, and it might not be considered a very popular view because everybody wants to dissect everything these days yeah. and hold a view on everything and it's all on social media and we don't see the full picture we see the stills and you know what you know what's happening out there and it it, it can be quite confusing. I agree with that when when uh, the punishments handed out do not necessarily for some people uh, stack up and they're not even and it doesn't seem to be fair. But you know what? My take on it is this. The game is refereed by a team of officials who never, ever go into that match with any feeling of bias. I'm absolutely 100% sure of that. They are professional and they are the best of the best that we've got at this tournament at the moment. It's a subjective sport as well. At any breakdown, we all know there can be a number of penalties that can be given. The referee just has to judge the temperature of the match and decide what is the most obvious. Uh, you know, which side deserves at that particular point to be the one that's awarded the penalty because they're showing the attacking intent and when it comes to the issues of uh sort of foul play acts that we're seeing replayed and replayed again i'm afraid on all of those or or not maybe all but a a vast number of those we are going to have situations where it is subjective Mm. and it's a gray area and you need them to be able to as a sport have the maturity to stand back and say, that is the officials team's call on the night. It's the call of those two officials in the bunker. And it's the call of the sighting commissioner and then the committee that sits afterwards. And they've all thought about it and they've all seen it and they've all considered all very different angles. And you know what, it's their decision and it has to be ultimately respected. And if we don't actually get a handle on that again, and I think we've moved away from that 20, 30 years ago, That was just the norm in rugby. The referee's decision was final and it was accepted and it was respected. And we have to get back to that. Otherwise, at the end of every game, we're not going to enjoy it. All the talk is Mm. not going to be about what we saw on the pitch. It's going to be about the controversial moments. And that's what saddens me about all of this. At the end of every game, that is dominating. I understand where it comes from. I understand where it comes from journalistically. And I understand where it comes from if you perceive to be on the wrong side of that decision that's been made. But I do think we've just got to take a deep breath, take a step back and think, do we want to enjoy this game moving forward? And if we want to enjoy it more, we have to trust the officials. If we don't, it's going to be a messy next few years. And this sport will take a backward step in the eyes of the general sporting public around the world. And none of us can afford to see that happen. And I know it's been a long answer, but there was just one final image mm. of Wales Fiji on Sunday night, and the players lined up, respecting each other, forming a tunnel as they left the field. It was full of emotion at the end of that game. It was full of controversy, yes, as we've talked about. But it's the players, you know, that are the ones that don't seem to let it get to them they're the ones that understand that sometimes it goes for you sometimes it doesn't and they when they're on the field they make mistakes too just like referees and assistants and tmos make mistakes and there's an understanding within the game that that's the case and i think supporters and journalists if i may say need to share that view a little bit more
1: Miles, there's a stat rolling around at the moment. We are a rugby nation, rugby league nation. In rugby league, there's 62 minutes ball and play. Rugby traditionally can be about 38 minutes max. In that game against France, Wales, 26 minutes ball and play. And a lot of that's coming down to the officiating, stop-start, TMO referrals, you know, penalties. You know, a lot of accountability goes back on the players. If we're going to have an entertaining game. Should we make that shift there from an officiating point of view? Is there any changes that you can see potentially that could change to make the game more entertainment?
0: Well, I I saw some stats before it came, came out here. And every aspect of the game is being speeded up, apart from one. The one that stood out, the one which in the last six months or so has not moved on. With all this encouragement from the officials to try and up the pace of the game is the slow walk to the line out that's mm. the one area that hadn't speeded up so there's an obvious it, you know but that's not going to get those stats uh, got those ball in playtime figures up to anywhere near where the league i know that but things are moving in the right direction i think the two replays and chuck it to the bunker that helps and you know what would really help as well is much more stopping of the clock by the referee uh, at a quicker point than he actually or she does within the game. Hmm. Uh, Wales were huddled behind the uh, goal line when they conceded later on. I don't think I've ever seen a team walk as slowly to restart the match as Wales did that night. Now, Matt Carley said, look, I've stopped the clock. But of course, he didn't stop the clock straight away. And you, you lose some seconds and you also lose time just in people's Uh, evenings, the match just goes on and on and on if we allow that to happen. I think there are lots of ways in which the game can be speeded up. I think they are being addressed one by one. I don't think we're going to get ball in playtime up to that figure that you quoted, but we are going in the right direction. You know, when it's out of play, there are plenty of aspects within Rugby Union that lend themselves to debate both amongst the crowd and in the media in the coverage of the game. So it's not the end of the world because it is a talking game, as we've been mentioning with all the uh, problems with officialdom and their interpretation of these foul play acts. So more ball in playtime. Yes, we are getting there. Take the point. But it's not the end of the world. It's an upswing on the graph, slowly but surely.
2: Uh, Miles, just before we let you go, mate, I know you work with former uh, English first five Stuart Barnes a lot, and uh, no doubt he's got a take on this, but George Ford did such a good job running the cutter uh, for you against the Pumas. What happens now? What does Steve Borthwick do when Owen Farrell uh, is out from suspension?
0: It's a cracking question, and it's a great dilemma to have, but it's one that's been going on for a long, long time. I suppose that's the negative to it. It's never really been totally and utterly resolved i think the two players are comfortable with whatever they're asked to do because first and foremost they're not just colleagues but they've always been friends it goes back a long long time so uh, they're they're competitive don't get me wrong but they're sort of okay with whatever role they're asked to do but I, I agree on the evidence of what george ford produced again i've always been a massive fan of ford never made it that a secret at all i think he's just a classy rugby player and I think when he runs a game like he did the other night, it's a compelling case. But equally, Owen Farrell, his leadership uh, within the squad, what he brings to the side, especially, especially in big games. And we saw that at the last World Cup. And that is key as well. And the players within the squad will know that and they will want that to be part of it. So it's a selection problem, and I'm glad I don't have it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, Miles. Hey, listen, really appreciate your time, mate. I know you've got a game to call, so we'll let you go. Thanks, Uh, Miles. Go well and have a great call.
0: All the best, guys. Speak soon. Cheers.